A message from our sponsor, Pivot Lending Group, Littleton, Colorado. Pivot Lending Group provides a tailored mortgage lending experience with strong local builder and realtor relationships and customized loan services. We pivot to help you grow in your community and realize your personal home ownership goals. Visit us at pivotlending.com. This is David Olson. I'm with Pivot Lending and with me here today is... Mitch Friedman. I'm a senior loan officer also with Pivot Lending Group. Uh, So Mitch and I are going to kind of kick around uh, Mitch's background today and he and I have been with Pivot for a bit now and uh, have enjoyed uh, the time together that that we've gotten to know each other. I'm in Omaha and Mitch is in uh, Boulder. So he's in a much, much cooler place than I am. And I thought this give us an opportunity to open these podcast sessions, getting to know Mitch a little bit more. And so I think here we go. Are you good, Mitch? I'm great. I think it's going to be a good few minutes together and uh, appreciate the time you're spending with me. Oh yeah, for sure. So I know in, in multiple car rides, we've talked about how you got into the industry and exciting things that you've experienced and crazy things that you've experienced coming from Southern California and migrating your way over into Colorado in the mortgage world. I couldn't think of a cooler industry to experience unique situations with people, with housing, with communities. So let's kind of dig into that a little bit. I've been in the industry 26 years. How long have you been in? Uh, just a few more years than that. 29. <laughs> 29. So yeah, you, uh, you were around during the fax machine era. I was around prior to the fax machine era. <laughs> it, it was strictly pagers and then with phone numbers only. And then from there, it uh, expanded with text messaging on those pagers. And then from there, we branched into fax machines and then very large cellular portable phones. Yeah. When I first graduated school and right as I was getting into the industry, my dad had a portable bag phone that I used to snag from him. And just to try to build my street credit, I would carry that thing around and it uh, never, I'd never used it, but I looked like I could use it. <laughs> well, I had the same one. It was a Mitsubishi large box, $2,500. And I was, it was, it was like I was carrying a audio box on my shoulder and boom boxing to, uh, <laughs> to my cell phone. Yeah. Those things were bricks for sure. Yeah. They were, they were, they, they were revolutionary. Give us a little background, you know, in that time, the 30 years, starting out in Southern California, I kind of know some of this, but kind of tell the listeners, you know, how you cut your teeth and how you made your way over into Boulder. So I I finished college and I had an accounting degree and uh, I got out of school, started brokering certificate of deposits for about six months. The beauty of that job was I used to wear shorts, t-shirts and flip-flops. I sat in a building on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, overlooking the Whiskey A Go Go, very famous yeah. uh, location for rock bands. Yeah, and then from there, I said, "This is great, but I'm not enjoying this." I had to get up at five in the morning. Everything was back east, and for a 21 year old graduate out of college who grew up on a beach, that was not uh, a great spot for me. So, from there, uh, my father said, "You know, I have a buddy who owns a mortgage company. You got to give him a call and check it out." Yeah. So that was out in Southern California, a, a city called Carson, where they held the Olympics actually one year when they were in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. And yeah, also also known for the Rodney King event. So it had mm. a little bit of highs and lows. Yeah. And I interviewed with this gentleman who was one of the owners and said, hey, young, youngster, if you do these things, I tell you. Young beach boy. Uh, I, 
think you will you will exceed in this by doing these things. And I said, great, what kind of training do I get? Here's your box of business cards. Go out on the road and start knocking on real estate doors. Mm-hmm. So, so at that time, 1987, we were allowed to do that. We could go into a, to, to real estate offices, introduce ourselves, and just mingle with everyone and try to create long-lasting relationships with the hope that they would give this young guy who knew nothing about home loans uh, the opportunity to start a business. And uh, it took a long time, nine months, uh, to really get things solidified where I created good, great relationships mm-hmm. and started seeing the, the benefits of my hard work of literally probably 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week to accomplish that. The beauty of this business, why it worked for me, was the fact that it, it involved and dissected the mortgage number side of things, which I loved mm-hmm. being the accountant. Mm-hmm. Though I was very social and I enjoyed the, the interaction with people. And of course, in our industry, we meet a lot of different people in a lot of different circumstances in their lives and different places in their lives. And you are very fun to hang out with. I, 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 I know this for a fact. And if we, we have the opportunity to let loose a little bit and let our hair down, I get to play a little bit too. And the, my uh, other personality comes out. <laughs> the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, every, everything within, within limits. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not getting any younger. Yeah. But that's how it started. And that turned into a very wonderful career in, in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then decided to move to Colorado six years after doing mortgage banking there and came to Boulder. And good or bad, I came here with nothing, no job, no relationships, but a wealth of knowledge on how to do mortgage banking. And there's a long story behind the year it took to get to a place where people started recognizing that I did have value to add to their businesses and the success of their real estate business, uh, meaning the real estate community, and um, finally started creating really great long-lasting relationships with them. And that's turned into a very fruitful, very fulfilling career of which um, I'm still enjoying and still working hard at it because I still love it. And the ability to help people and work with people is still deeply ingrained in my blood. And it's been wonderful. Any, any family members that are in the business at all, or. You know, my father was in the work, ended up working with the same company ultimately that I worked with that he had introduced me to in California. Oh, cool. We were, yeah, we worked together for about two years before I left California and he stayed in the industry for about 10 years. And then he got into becoming a realtor. So uh, I taught him the ropes, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's and cool. And he called me all the time with questions and how do you do this and why do they do that? And that was a fun experience to be together uh, doing the same line of work, even though we were we were separated by distance as far as different states we lived in. Good memory, for sure. Yeah, that was great. Uh, how about uh, any, any of your children ever... Want to get into it? I know that there are one in particular is in the medical field, but did they ever have any aspirations of getting into it? They, you know, it's a great question because I've always encouraged them to consider that. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, no, they they didn't. They um, they've enjoyed the rewards of hard work yeah. and having the ability to go to some good colleges. Uh, but no, they're all two are in the medical field, the others in the sciences field, and they. They look at me and say, you work way too hard. This is not a business I want to get into. <laughs> your, your one daughter in the medical field probably puts in quite a few hours. He does. I think we put in about the same hours, though I get to go home at night and go to sleep and she gets to go to the hospital and stay up. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it's a little different, but she's also a much younger than I am. Yeah. So as far as, you know, 
the loans that you pulled, that you were originally cut your teeth on uh, back in California, were they government loans? Were they conventional loans? How do you know, uh, what did that look like? What kind of, what kind of products were you working with then? And then when you jumped over into Boulder, uh, kind of the, did, did you have to learn additional products for those kind of, for the Colorado market that was different than the California market? You know, the, the loans are national loans. So actually it wasn't too different. I did run up against um, some higher loan balances in Boulder County. However, we, we did the same type of business. We did government loans. So FHA and VA loans, quite a few. At that time, there weren't many down payment assistance programs available. So we, we used quite a bit of the FHA loan program. Um, and traditional Fannie Mae loans. So not too different. Mm-hmm. Um, the big difference, not from a loan program standpoint, but from a relational standpoint, is it took a while to get into having relationships in the city of Boulder. So really, I was unknowingly smart to push out to the east of Boulder and actually create my business in different suburbs outside of Boulder, about 20 minutes outside of Boulder, of which I had a little bit more relatability with certain people in the industry that we kind of connected initially. Mm-hmm. And then word of mouth got around in the city of Boulder that I was available and, and knew what I was doing and could be very helpful with other realtors in building their business. Interesting. So um, from a, yeah, so I did have to learn a lot more about jumbo loans, um, but we also still use all the traditional conventional financing that was available at that time as I did in California. Uh, prices in California were still higher than in Colorado at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was familiar with jumbo loans. At that time, though, there were a lot of different programs that don't exist today, uh, which is probably a good thing because the, those who have been around yep. remember the term negative amortization. Mm-hmm. And those are loans. Anytime you have the first word negative in front of anything, can't be a good loan. I remember my folks having one of those in Chicago. And I remember the mortgage banking guy coming over to our house when I was a kid and they were re- rewriting them. Yeah. Well, my first mortgage was that. Yeah. I assumed a loan from the current owner for a condo in the city of Brentwood, California. And I was flipping out. I was going from a $400 rent payment, just got married, to a $1,250 mortgage payment. It was a $125,000 one-bedroom condo that I got to buy and take over and assume the loan. So I had no down payment. And my wife and I looked at each other and said, how are we going to afford this? Mm-hmm. We're going up from $300 to $1,250. And then we, we both said, let's just give it a go and see how it goes. Those are my motivators. That's what keeps me going. That's what gets me up and, and working hard to put those on my plate anyway. So I didn't fear that change. I was just a new change. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to eat at Taco Bell. What happened? <laughs> this is going to be all my good, my good food and my good food money. And turns out it worked out wonderfully. And, um, you know, you just adjust and adapt. And actually that experience helped me share with my new home buyer clients. Yeah. When they talked to me about, oh my goodness, my payments are going to be going up 25, 35% of my current rental payment. How do I absorb this? And that's my job to talk about financial planning. That's where I can kick in my experience of when I first bought my first home and how you do adapt as long as you have reserves and you make good decisions with your money. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. I, I know you have a, a great team underneath you that you've, you've obviously built from, from the days of building business on the east side of Boulder. Tell me a little bit about, about how, how the process works in, with the Mitch Friedman team. I've been fortunate enough to to build a small team, which has really become a much a well-oiled 
machine from a standpoint of being very efficient. And efficient to me is having exceptional communication with our clients. And so our industry has become so complex and so convoluted with paperwork that having people who do certain designated things on each file has become crucial to that communication piece. Mm-hmm. And so I have three people that are on my team. And then the, the beauty of Pivot Lending Group is that we have additional team members that do have their place on each file, which allows us to really stay on top of the files from an organizational standpoint. Mm-hmm. But having that core group of three people allows me to communicate with the client, with the real estate community, uh, with anyone else involved in the transaction and make sure we get to the closing on time. And, and my three team members are all tenured and seasoned loan officers. Uh, they've been in the business 10 or 12 years and any of them could take the phone call and answer questions that any of our clients have. I know just within pivot lending, you definitely are in rare air with just a few folks as far as production numbers go. You're definitely uh, at the the top of the talent pool. And, and we have on a number of occasions tried to look into your playbook as a team and, and understand the dynamics that you guys work with and, and what are the things that we can pull over into uh, other teams systemically. So you really do have a great team and it shows within the volume and the production side of getting things closed, uh, hitting certain milestones and that sort of stuff. So I appreciate that. So you and I, um, I'm a lot older than you, you know, by probably 20, 30 years. So, you know, I, I turned, actually I turned 50 in a month, but we need to get folks back into the industry, you know? Um, and it seems like our generation within the mortgage banking industry grew really fast uh, when we were all younger. And as the younger generation coming through, we're kind of seeing some of that die off. So with the industry changing now and with interest rates dropping down and we're having some some short-term relief and rates and, and some of the younger folks that are graduating, coming out of school are, are seeing the successes we have in, in helping people buy homes. And, and that's a hot topic right now, or maybe their folks are refinancing all of that. How do we backfill Mitch when, when, when you and I are, are gone in, in, in 10 years, 15 years, uh, if there are people that are listening that have thought about the, you know, the industry, what do we say to them that, that attracts them to what we do? Well, I think that's a fantastic question because the industry needs new people that are younger like we were when we got into the business. And I think um, what we've created with Pivot Lending Group and in our, our local, more local branch is the um, kind of a, the theory of a team. So here's the, here's the team. You've got a team, you've got a bench for your team, right? A bench meaning like a baseball team. And so when we look to hire people and those who are interested in getting into the industry, we say to them, it's a very, very complex industry. Uh, Many of us may make it look like it's not, but there's so many complexities to the industry that we always start them off with becoming what's called a loan officer assistant. And so that gives them a very good feel for how a loan file is put together, how it's supposed to start and end, and all the dynamics in between from a standpoint of the the parts of the loan file, but also the communication piece with our clients. And if they can make it through that, they will become a 
a wonderful loan officer if that's their passion. Though the other direction is staying more on the support side of the business as well, which goes from loan officer assistant to becoming a processor to becoming an underwriter, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so if they feel like sales is the side they want to go with when they, and they learn how to put a good loan file together, then they're ready to launch themselves, I think, into the, the side of sales and creating relationships like you and I have done over the years to obtain business to make it a career for themselves. So that bench is important because when we have someone who says, I want to be a, a loan officer and they spend six months being an assistant, then we have to backfill that position because the loan officer the assistant now became the loan officer, we have to replace them. And so we always have people that are either doing other things and be wanting to become a loan officer assistant so that they're not starting from scratch, or we have to find a new person to, to start as the loan officer assistant. And then it progressed from there. What we have found actually is that there's a lot of crossover industries to our industry that makes people good candidates, even if they're working at a job already and they're not right out of college like I was, mm-hmm. where things like the insurance industry, the dental industry, where people have to pay a lot of attention to a lot of details, make a lot of follow-up phone calls, make sure things get covered in a timely manner because everything is time sensitive. That crosses over wonderfully into our industry. And so we've been able to find some very talented people in that part of it to say, have you ever thought about becoming a loan officer or in the mortgage business? And most say no. And then when they see what the dynamics are, they say, wow, this is really exciting. Uh, you guys are moving fast and making calls and running all over the place and jumping and high-fiving each other and ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah, you have totally, a great closing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you tell these stories, you know, of your clients crying at the closing because they're so happy that you were able to get into a loan and, and a new home that they never thought they could have ever done. Yeah. And that's the, the heartfelt part of our industry. And I think when we share that with our, our new hires or people that work with us, they go, ah, I think I get why these guys are really good at what they do. They care about their people. They care about their clients. They care about the people that work on their teams. And when if you can find another person just like that, that you can recruit and bring onto your team that's younger and wants to build their business, they're ideal people to have in our industry. You got to have compassion. You got to have heart. You got to have grit. You got to understand numbers and you got to be quick on your feet. Well, listen, I I know we're coming kind of to an end on this. So I want to kind of throw out one last question. Why do you continue in mortgage banking? I mean, you're, you're, you're pushing up on that 30 year mark, obviously very successful. Uh, you've probably could have retired two or three different times. Obviously there's some passion or something there, but what, what is it that keeps you, keeps you going and excited every day? You know, it's a great question because that, that is what gets me up in the morning and gets me motivated to come back to work. And that is going to be one the success that our clients have in buying their first home, second home investment property for their future and their, their retirement or for their children, um, knowing what we can provide to them to help better their lives and their lifestyle is a very important part. Um, the other side is, and unfortunately, we don't go to our closings right now, but when we were literally to be there and see people crying and saying, thank you so much and getting a big hug yeah. and a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> that says, we couldn't have done this without you. We so appreciate everything you've helped us with to get to this point. It's their family. It's their family's family. It's their children that see what their parents could do. So hopefully when their children grow up, they can try to aspire to, to own a home. So this, this just filters down to so many different levels. And it's just one home transaction. But you know it's going to touch a lot of people in that one particular family's life. So that 
that gets me out of bed and that gets me to show up every day. And then I love the people I work with. I mean, we've got an amazing group of people who have that same passion and same care for people. And when I get into that environment and come in, we're just nose to the grindstone and going, we are here to help. What do we got to do today to make this work for our clients? And then our relationship with the real estate community, this is their, their career and this is their bloodline for everything. And we have a commitment to them. So together, we just have great people. And I think it's all about people and the rest will come and we have to know our, our business, but uh, it's the people and the connectivity that is so satisfying. And hopefully the, our clients feel the same way. Well, and I'm sure that they do. I know that we feel it at the organization, uh, at the high levels and medium, uh, at all different levels, the passion, the amount that you care, uh, all that's contagious and, and spread hidden has spread. So I appreciate everything you do. Well, thank you. And the industry is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it, a good thing. Same thing for me. It keeps me, uh, keeps me excited every day. Um, the opportunities outside of the lending piece and the business development piece, but just building the, the banking mortgage banking industry within this organization is equally ex- is exciting. So this is our, our, our first podcast and uh, we wanted to get the origin story of Mitch Friedman. So I think we, we nailed that. And uh, as we move forward, Let's just kind of let the the audience know uh, what what to expect. You know, we have several sessions set out, and uh, I think we're we're looking to get to know folks a little bit better, right? It's 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 not about the necessarily about the the dollars and cents and the decimal points and zeros, but kind of get some to know some of the origin stories of the folks that are in different locations that you're working with, and get those conversations going. Anything that you want to add before uh, before we end and before we start our journey on the future stories of uh, of 2021? Um, well, one, thank you for your time and, and taking the time to do this together. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. It's been it's been great. Uh, two, I think what we're going to be able to provide in these uh, podcasts are going to be quite a bit of education that is practical given today's environments of how to get. Uh, mortgage banking and how to get a new home loan and how to buy a, a, your first home or investment home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of the details that align with some of the different loan programs and some of the, the myths that are out there about, uh, for example, do I need 20% down payment to buy my first home? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to cover those ideas in the next couple of podcasts because I think education is so important for people to, to know what to expect and how they can uh, make that quote unquote American dream happen for them in buying a home and, and knowing the ins and outs that makes sense for them. So looking forward to the different opportunities of subjects and information that we can provide. And I want to have some fun along the way too. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to bring that in. And you know, it's funny, I, um, yesterday I put a large ad out. I think it hit about a hundred thousand people. And the ad we said was we're offering 0% mortgages. I'm telling you, I thought I was, thought I was going to get hundreds of thousands of hits. And literally there was no interest. Seriously. Yes. Because we were offering zero interest loans. So there was no interest. Oh, <laughs> that, that was awesome. a joke, David. Oh my God. I'm so dumb. <laughs> okay. So Mitch, that's why uh, you, you close go. more loans than I do. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll, end, we'll end on that joke. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's work on better jokes. So, uh, I can, I can get those in the future. <laughs> I'll tell them to you in advance. Yeah, totally. 
take care and uh, everybody in the audience, we look uh, forward to bringing out the educational series as we're moving forward and then dropping in uh, some some uh, fun stories, uh, fun interviews as we, as we move through 2021. So thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. This episode was brought to you by Pivot Lending Group, NMLS 10995. Copyright 2021, Pivot, all rights reserved. Financial Funding Solutions Incorporated, TBA Pivot Lending Group. 10397 West Centennial Road, Littleton, Colorado 80127. Pivot does business in accordance with the Fair Housing Law and Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Pivot Lending is regulated by the Division of Real Estate, Colorado. To learn more or find a full listing of our state licensing, visit pivotlending.com or nmlsconsumeraccess.org.